It's time for a bit of cricket. No Brett this week. It's Darren Mooted here, 98 Not Out. And uh, my special guest today is none other than... Go on, introduce yourself. Special guest. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, <laughs> yes. thank you very much. Nice to meet everybody. Ronnie Irani here. Ronnie Irani, man of many talents, is here. And of course, we are... <laughs> Lack as... of talent. <laughs> <laughs> we are, as always, sponsored by Shepard Neem. 98 Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neem, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. Yeah, mentioning Shepherd Neem, a wonderful mention to the late, great Bobby Neem, sadly who died not long ago. Jonathan Neem, good friend of mine, I sent him a little email, wish him all the best. His father, Bobby Neem, was fantastic. He was a great man. I sat next to him at a couple of dinners um, during our time when he spawned, they sponsored Essex. And he used to talk cricket, sport, just <laughs> everything in life in general. He was a complete bag of fun. So, yeah, um, like I say, regarding your sponsor, Shepard Neem, and especially Bobby Neem, um, God bless you, my They're friend. a good Rest bunch, all of them down there at oh, Shepard Neem, wonderful, aren't they? Wonderful, they are, they are the real deal. Um, the family business who um, operate for the people. They yeah. really are. And um, like I say, I've no hidden agenda apart from, I know Jonathan, actually, and, and the late... Um, Great. Well, they uh, kindly sponsor. They kindly sponsor our show. They sponsor the Shepherd Neem Essex League. They do a lot for cricket in many. the local area. So many. many, many thanks to them. Right. Well, as you know, we've got Ronnie on um, Phoenix FM, 98 FM, local radio on the 98 FM dial in the Billericay and Brentwood areas. But of course, via the internet, where you can catch up on uh, our shows if you've missed them. And also, there's an archive in there. A lot of people say. Oh, God, I missed, the, I missed the show where you had Gatting on. I missed the show where you had Jeffrey Archer. They're all there on the website, Phoenix phoenixfm.com. Look for our show and go to the archive bit. They're all there. You can listen to them. You can download them on Apple, Spotify. And take part. Join in with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for 98 Not Out. Okay, let's just start off with this week's news. Uh, and, of course, I suppose the biggest news of the week is the BBC Sports Personality of the Year, uh, Mr. Ben Stokes. I think there wasn't really going to be anyone else for that, was it? Well, uh, Lewis Hamilton has been exceptional again. I guess he has the best car, but overall, um, you know, he's been a fantastic achiever for many, many years, Lewis, hasn't he? Ben Stokes, naturally totally biased on my behalf, was amazing. I mean, his performances this summer, it was like a superhero, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, you know, you knew and felt and believed it was going to happen, but you just never know. And then when it did, you kind of went, why did I even worry about that? Yeah. You knew he was going to deliver. And, um, yeah, he was the delivery man this year. There's no doubt about it. He turned up every single time and put a world-class performance in and was incredible. Um, on the field, his performances, winning England games of cricket when it comes to the Ashes, the one Dayers. You know, overall, Ben Stokes, like I say, he was a superhero that, this summer. That Ashes, continue. That Ashes innings was incredible, wasn't it? Because yeah. remember, overnight, um, he was scratching around for runs. Was it, was it like 98 balls and two runs or something like yeah. that? All uh, sorts of instances happened there, wasn't it? When the game were, he just kept going, he kept going. And sometimes he had a little bit of lady luck, but you make your own luck, don't you? Yeah, And you do. um, he, he just kept going and kept going and just believed in himself. If he was still there at the end, he knew he was going to win the game. And he had great support, didn't he, from Jack Lee? Yeah. And and at the end, uh, they survived and saw it through. But incredible test match that was, for sure. And then the World Cup final, which is just wow, another <laughs> level again. Another level again. The guy, 
like you say, phenomenal batting on those two examples we've given you. He's, he's done exceptionally well with the ball too. You know, he's a top fielder, but his batting this year has just been incredible. Yeah, he's had a... It seems, obviously, he had his his bad moment, which we're not going to go into, but clearly it was a wake-up call for him. I think he's got a bit of guidance and t- turned to a few sort of wise heads and has really got himself together, and it's shown in his cricket, hasn't it, over the last two yeah, years? Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally, but obviously, with what he touched on there, he's obviously massively moved on from that, trusting one or two people around him, and, um, you know, he's always going to be in the spotlight. He was before, he will continue to do that, and you could see, you know, he, he took it in his stride the other night, winning the, the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award. Um, he just totally took it in his stride. He was brilliant. And uh, oh, good luck to the lad. And hopefully more performances for England. Winning his games of cricket will be magic. Yeah, let's just hope that it's not too much pressure put on him now. We're, you know, we've got the South African tours coming up. Um, but uh, and, and he was great. Remember last time down in South yeah. Africa, he got that big double ton, didn't he? Smashed it. With, with Bearstow. It was an, an amazing innings. But um, I just did a bit of research into this. So Ben Stokes is the fifth cricketer to win the um, Sports Personality. Do you remember when it used to be called the Sports Review of the Year? Sports in the old days? Are you old right. enough yeah, to remember yeah, that? Just about. Yeah. So, there were five others. Now, Ronnie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. All right, let's see how good you are. Right. Let me have a wild guess. So there are five Flint, Flint others. Flintoff was one. We mentioned that on the night. 2005. In Botham. Uh, 81. I do remember one, which was a little bit uh, left field. Um, uh, let me get his first name. I've got his surname, Steele. Is it Steele? No. Yeah. It is. Uh, not David Steele, is it? David Steele. David Steele. <laughs> well, That's another, good, that. No, That's but there was another Steele. There was another Steele. Uh, was that hard? Oh, maybe I'm going crazy. Is that three? That's uh, three. You've got, you need one more. No, no, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to cheat. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just trying to... Uh, You've got to go back. David Gower's not won it, has he? No, no, no. I don't no. think he has. No. Uh, I've got to go right back. Yeah, not, not silly back, but I mean... Bob Willis hasn't won it, has he? Not, not Bob, Bob Willis. Willis. It's before you and I were born. Flintoff. I've got a steal. That was a good one. I'll give you a clue. He was a commentator. Truman? Oh, nearly. Oh! Right, yeah, right sort of time. Is it? Um, I'm just trying to think. Who would it be? Nah, you've got me. No idea. I don't want to, I don't want to guess. I'll give you my sort of... No, rough. I'm guessing. I'm guessing what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't want to cheat. I don't want to Google. Everything's Google. Ask Google. Give me another clue. What's he done in the game? Was he a batsman, bowler? Oh, he was a bowler. He was a bowler. He was a bowler. And he holds a record. Um, and I think it was 19 wickets in a game. No, Jim Laker. Jim Laker. Right, okay, that's an easy one. Oh, give me an easy clue. <laughs> Don't make it difficult. <laughs> I was going to do I'm a cricket man, you know. 19 wickets. Um, that would be... Let me yeah. that <laughs> All right, no problem. David Masters. Didn't David Masters do it once? Who? David Masters. Didn't he do something like that? Or 19 just... wickets. Not in a test match. Not in the test, mate. <laughs> Not in the test. Yeah. I remember him telling me about yeah, how he was man. bending Andrew Strauss's ear to get him in the test team. Oh, I can do a job. I can, I can yeah. see him. I can do Very a job. I can do a job. Really enjoyed him. Very Mr. good. Mr. Great Ryan, as well. Yeah. Did a lot for the club. Mm, when he was at Essex, I mean, Essex have done well, and I think that's part of the culture of the club, but he was a really good example of the club man. Every function or whatever else he came in at tea times, if they were... Great examples of the young guys who've gone on and taken on his, his, his mantle, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, his effort and his attitude and uh, him and Graham Napier, both of them, during that time. And then we've had an incredible four years, as you know, since the guys have, uh, have moved on and, and done their thing and the young guys have come through and stepped up to the mark. It was a big moment in Essex cricket, I think, because when 
hoddie went and napes. There was a lot of head shaking and eyes rolling about. This is the end of it. An Irani coming. An Irani comes along. A few big calls. Big calls. A bit of people weren't happy. (laughs) There we go. I got asked to step up. I did a bit. And the lads have been exceptional. Listen, I'm biased, you know. That, to me, was the absolute turning point. And everything since then... This, we'll talk about Essex more in detail in a minute, but um, it, to me, it all stems back to the appointment of uh, Mr. Ronnie Aran. And what was it? Appointment? I don't work at the club. It's voluntary. Well, no, that's it. I know. So for the fun, like but, most voluntary you, things, they take up most of your time, cost you loads, but you do it for the love of it. Exactly. <laughs> like all of us here on 98, not out. <laughs> and everyone else at Phoenix FM, for that matter. That's but um, listen. Great um, name, Phoenix, by the way, isn't it? Yeah. Like Phoenix Knights. Get in there. Get in. Have it. So far away there. Far away there. So going back to the... um, Is that a horse in here or what? What's the horse doing in here? I'm only joking. (laughs) Nick Brown. (laughs) (laughs) He was on last week's show. Um, So, I mean, going back to the the, the sports personality thing, I mean, cricket did really well on the night. So, obviously, we talked about... Essex got a mention. Essex got a mention. Just... But they did. Hold on a minute. Come on. Like, you're competing with the rest of the world for the you know, team. And I get what we achieved at Essex was phenomenal. Winning the county championship and T20. It's probably like, I don't know, somebody equated it to me today, which was interesting. A little smile. He said in football in terms, it'd be like winning the Champions League and then winning, you know, the, the five-a-side world tournament. They're so different games. Yeah, but yeah. obviously within the same sport. Um, I think he might have said... Uh, Beach, uh, beach, beach football. football. Beach football. He said, yeah, <laughs> winning, you know, either those. And I said, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's an incredible achievement with the squad and what they've done. So it was nice for Essex to get a mention for sure because they've never been mentioned in many years. No, no, no. And, but uh, why is that? Why do, why are, to me, it just seems with the media that Essex are kind of like, they're not, in media terms, they're not at the top table. You know, you, you, your Surreys, your Middlesexes, your, your Lanks, your... Yeah, I think we do all right, you know, Darren. I'll be honest with you. If you look at it, cricket in general doesn't get the coverage no. like other sports, which is fine. And, and we'll always be, you know, a few down the rank when it comes to football. It's the national game. And you look at the Rugby World Cup, how amazing that is, and athletics. And, um, you know, and I think a lot of airtime goes to, you know, areas that I fully deserve, like the Paralympics and stuff. And yeah. when I was growing up, you know, it didn't get much attention at all or no, whether nothing. it was about all those things happening and I thought it was superb the way they uh, went well, you see these guys now I mean they are proper yeah, athletes but, aren't they but it's know? great the coverage they get and they deserve it too we deserve to watch and, and see their achievements and, and cheer them on and um, no no I, I love that and I think the BBC did a great job as well covering um, you know the Paralympics and coverage and all those deserved winners on the night and even in cricket uh, I mean, uh, Essex, our ability squad, is yeah. going great guns oh, at the moment. There is, at Essex, it is phenomenal. Um, obviously, with bias to us uh, because we're local. But uh, but nationally, I think cricket really has. Well, that was the standout thing because, you know, yeah. not only did Stokes win um, Sports Personality of the Year, um, cricket is a sport. So England, the national team, got Team of the Year. Yeah. And then Sporting Moment of the Year was when Ben... was when. Um, Butler whipped off the bales to secure the World Cup. I mean, what a moment that was. <laughs> where, where were you when that happened? Um, I think I was at home. Was I at home watching? I can't remember. I always forget where I am. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know where I was? 
Go on. I was in the car park at the Atlantis Hotel in Barbados because oh. I'd got my timing for Barbados. everything all wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did. That <laughs> really sounds like it was terribly wrong. I was in Barbados. Yeah. yeah with, a, with, a, with a couple of the staff from the restaurant saying, on. <laughs> you're now going, man. You're now winning. You're now winning. Fantastic. Win. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was at home watching and shouting. <coughs> I'm sure I was. I was shouting. I know I was. I was, it was surreal, surreal moment. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it, actually. Yeah, it's Incredible. a right word. Loved every minute of it. Listen, obviously I wasn't playing, but I've always been a fan of England cricket. I've always been, a, I'm a fan of Essex cricket now. I love the game. I love the game full stop. So it was an incredible moment. And uh, yeah, hopefully, long may the success yeah. continue. Well, a little I, bit of a blip in New Zealand, haven't we? And we didn't win the Ashes, but even so, we'll celebrate 2019. Oh, 2019. Cricket. I think that was what it was And Essex really, doing the double. Essex doing the double. Essex. <laughs> But that was why it was so good to see. I mean, you know, cricket for once centre stage at the uh, the BBC. Um, and you might think that they were drumming up interest because they're covering 100 and test highlights. Yeah, Gary Lineker mentioned it, didn't he? He gave it a little yeah. mention. Gary loves his cricket. He was a decent player himself, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think he could have probably done a bit of uh, first class cricket with Leicestershire. Might have got a chance and opportunity whether he made it or not. I don't know. He's got a decent snooker. Technique as well, one four four. I think his ice breaks 145, something like that. Yeah, oh, it's up there. He was good at scoring, yeah. whatever sport. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but Lineker, Gary's a yeah, top guy, top, yeah. top guy. And um, yeah, he mentioned the 100 uh, ball comp, which again is going to be interesting. Uh, who are you going to be supporting? Who are you following? Cricket. Who <laughs> 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 you got covered there? I guess you follow your players, don't you? From Essex, where they're I think, at. I think would it be what a bit you do Middlesex, is, would it be a bit of not Middlesex, sorry. Obviously, London when, Spirit. London Spirit when it comes to Dan Lawrence. Yeah. Um, but he kind of relates it to the whole Wales ground. Fire. I still re- re- relate it to their county. You know? I think so. But I think, what, and, and what they're trying to do is, and I, I think this will be my approach to it, is I'll get home of an evening and I'll think, right, what's on? Oh, okay, it's um, Welsh Fire versus Northern... Whatever they call. <laughs> you were going to say something else. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sat here thinking, what is this going? <laughs> but I, I might look at that and think, oh, this could be quite interesting. There's a couple of decent players there. There's a couple well, of decent players there. The Northerners here. Yeah. Get rid of them. That's it. That's it. So we have some music, Ron. Go on. What Let's have a bit of one of your favourites. Well, my favourite. So you know my favourite. Cake by the Ocean by DNC. I did enjoy it at the time. <laughs> I've moved on since, though. <laughs> It's not playing. Here we go. And by the way, Barbados or Miami Beach, South Beach, Miami. Oh, what a place. Oh, no. See you walking around like it's a funeral. Not so serious, girl, why don't speak cold? We just getting started, don't you tiptoe, tiptoe. Waste time with the masterpiece, to waste time with the masterpiece. You should be wrong with me, you should be wrong with me Ah, you're a real life fantasy, you're a real life fantasy But you're moving so carefully, let's start living dangerously Talk to me
face down with the masterpiece uh, You should be wrong with me, you should be wrong with me uh, You're a real life fantasy, you're a real life fantasy uh, But you're moving so carefully, let's start living dangerously Whoa. Sponsored by Shepherd Neem, proud supporters of cricket in Essex. That was DNCE and Cake by the Ocean. If you didn't know, very popular record that one. You're listening to <laughs> you're listening to Especially if you buy the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Eating cake. That's it. Um, you're listening to 98 Not Out here on Phoenix FM 98 on the FM dial in the Brentwood and Billerick area. Also by the app, the website, and all other downloading and audio means. With me in the studio today. Uh, is Ronnie, Ronnie, Brett is sick, so I had to scratch around to get someone almost as good as Brett, and I found Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, Brett Lee? Brett Lee, God, if he's listening to this. <laughs> right, so um, just looking at what's been going on around the world this week, so um, first up, um, Australia have closed the gap on India in the ICC World Test Championship after they comprehensively beat New Zealand in the first test at Perth. Um, I was a bit disappointed with New Zealand because I thought they might be um, a bit of a sterner opposition for the Aussies, um, but they didn't seem to have any answer to Mitchell Stark, uh, who looks back to his frightening best. He yeah. took five wickets in that first innings and then four in the second, so ends up with a nine for. You ever have a nine foot run? Um, no, don't think so. Must I might have, have had a... an eight or a seven. Can't yeah. Remember now. And a load of Depends five. Depends what, under 11s, I might have had <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about you and the under 11s in a minute. Yeah, no, good that um, Open rule Pindi, history being made um, as the historic test match between Pakistan and Sri Lanka. Um, weather hurt it in the end. It was a, it was a rain-affected draw uh, with Abid Ali grabbing the headlines as becoming the first man to score centuries on both test and ODI debuts. Well done, that man. But uh, great to see test cricket back in Pakistan after 10 years and... Uh, Seemed like the whole country was absolutely gripped to it. Um, you know, footage I saw 
Um, you know, we kind of forget, uh, even though we invented the game of cricket, that you go around the world, and I'm sure, Ronnie, you know, you played in some of these places, yeah. particularly Pakistan, you go there, and the, the interest, the, the, the absolute fervour that goes on across the country is, is incredible. So Yeah, I mean, from a cricketing aspect, that's one of the best places I've ever toured. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's not much going on away from the cricket and the game, but that's but, fine. You respect the culture and... and, and and how the makeup of the country is, but the people are phenomenal. The people love the game of cricket. They're wonderful, wholehearted people. Um, naturally, they've had some issues over, you know, many years. Not just recently. Yeah. It's been sad because, you know, the real people of Pakistan they don't want these troubles. They don't no, want all this no. these problems that's it's going on. And, a few nutters, and, and isn't these, it? Are, these are great, great cricketers as well. I mean, some of the greatest cricketers of all time have come out of this country. <laughs> and um, you know, when I've toured there in Pakistan, the hotels and the people and Going to the practice facilities, the, the the pitches, everything to do with cricket was just a one. You couldn't get any better. You could only get equal to it, and um, the way we were looked after too as well. So really, really tough for the people of Pakistan, and hopefully, hopefully pray that um, you know they can get back on track and having and hosting many more international games of cricket there. Yeah, I and mean, we have got the PSL being played entirely in Pakistan this year for the first yeah. time in a long time as well. Yeah, it's great. Over in Chennai, uh, the West Indies beat India. The, the Jekyll and Hyde West Indies, and, and in, in white ball cricket, the Jekyll and Hyde India. Uh, West Indies beat India by eight wickets with 13 balls to spare, so quite a thumping in the first of their ODI series. Uh, a 218-run partnership between... Uh, Shy Hope and Hetmeyer, who I told you to get for Essex. Nah, well, we've done all right, haven't we? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> um, both of those hit big centuries, as I say, a partnership with 218. Uh, saw the West Indies uh, uh, win the game. That game that's ongoing. There are three ODIs in that series. Um, latest in the South Africa cycle, we talked about this last week, all kinds of uh, problems going on with the structure there. Uh, but a bit of news this week, um, which, I can, which I, I'll take as progress. Uh, Mark Boucher um, has been appointed head coach until 2023, so, you know, a, a fairly long contract for him. Uh, and Boucher, this is interesting, um, after what happened in the World Cup, Boucher said he's open to asking A.B. de Villiers to come out of retirement, and he's told England not to underestimate the pro, uh, the pro tiers in the upcoming Test Series, which starts on Boxing Day. You got any view on Boucher? Um, great lad. Um, when I've played against him, I mean, I don't know him too personally, but um, fabulous cricketer, brilliant all-rounder. Um, there was no doubt about it. So, yeah, from the aspect of him, yeah, listen, South Africa has always had political problems when it comes to, you know, politics and sport and the mix. That is just a given. Yeah. Um, and these players and, and, and what's happened of, of recent times with them will not be floored by it. They'll just get on and get on and play cricket. And they're an amazing talent. South Africa, again, when it comes to sports, um, produce some amazing sportsmen and athletes from obviously the world of cricket, rugby, or they say rugby, um, <laughs> and, you know, hockey, athletics, you know, you name it. Um, you know, South Africa is an amazing country when it comes to sporting endeavour. And, uh, and these guys, listen... When it comes to the political side of things, it's 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 part of it with them. So yeah, he's right. Mark Boucher's right to say, listen, don't underestimate the pro tiers in the up and coming Test series, which is going to start on Boxing Day, because um, they'll come at England. They'll come at England strong. They'll be hard, and the fans and supporters will be very very vocal. I mean, blimey, Australia can be 
ruthless when it comes to the fans and supporters, you know, behind you and, and letting you have it. One of them. Uh, <laughs> You've taken in, them on though, yeah, don't you? <laughs> but in South Africa, it's um, very, very similar. So uh, it's going to be a real tough test for England, but I'm confident they can go down there and get a fantastic result. If you don't know about Ronnie, uh, what's that bay? What's he called that Bay bit? 13. Bay 13. It used to be Bay 13. I think it's all changed. Over. Yeah. It's I mean, still, all these, it's still taking the title, I think. All these grounds have been redeveloped and, and, and lost all these little... But anyway, I'll put it on our Facebook page. It's, it's a classic video. I won't spoil it. You just have to watch it. And if you, if you don't know the man that's sitting opposite me, Ronnie Arani, everything you need to know <laughs> about him and actually Nasser Hussain, who's laughing in the... Oh, it's amazing, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'll put that on... Uh, on the Facebook. First time I made him laugh in 20 years. I know. That was the last time as well, I think, wasn't it? Well, I Did he buy a drink afterwards? No. I might have had a drink, but he didn't buy it. It had been a freebie. <laughs> so, um, as Ronnie says, the test series starts on Boxing Day. Uh, and at sensible hours as well. So if you sat at home full of turkey and all the rest of it, um, you can just pluck yourself there and, and stick the telly on and you'll be watching a bit of test cricket from... Uh, undoubtedly a nice sunny South African scene. What's interesting though is that um, South Africa have announced their squad for this series. Um, it includes six uncapped players. Um, I'm not sure how to take that. Whether I think England cannot underestimate whoever turns up. Like you say, it's going to be no chance, yeah. South Africa in South Africa. Um, Always a tough tour. Yeah, and Always I think these, these new guys will be thinking, this is my chance, and they're yeah. going to be massively up for it. So Yeah, definitely. Listen, the South Africans probably could name you know, two or three sides that would compete. Um, I do believe England should have enough to turn them over. I do. I yeah. think we've got a really good side. I know off the back of New Zealand was disappointing, but even so, I think um, you know, Chris Silverwood at the helm and, and certainly guiding his, his players and his, his captain, Joe Root, who... You know, he struggled a little bit, Joe, while being captain and um, trying to perform as the player he is because, for me, he's got a lot. Joe Root's right up there when it comes to being a you know, a fantastic player, one of the best in the world. And um, I think this could be a real helping and making of him, hopefully, while he's still captain because I, I wouldn't want him to give it up if he enjoys the captaincy. He's still young enough, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but it's like sometimes the pressure of it and... You know, you'd always be questioned if he doesn't get the scores that people expect of him because you expect Joe Root to go out and score big hundreds because he's good enough. He's such a talent. And is that him putting too much pressure on him? Probably not because he's good enough. He's good enough. He's got everything you'd expect from a world-class batsman, you know, alongside the looks of, you know, Brad Coley and, and people like that. He really is. I think Joe Root's a very, very He's back in the talent. top 10 again, isn't he, after that? Yeah, uh, that I think he's a there. real special talent. And... I just thought, and I've just got a funny feeling it's going to suit him down in South Africa. Hope he's had a nice break since New Zealand, get his head back on track, and I'm sure with the likes of uh, Chris Silwood and others, you know, really sort of getting behind him and galvanising him and doing a lot of work behind the scenes, Joe can have a fantastic series. Yeah, he said. Well, England have been playing this week. They've had a warm-up game against the South Africa Invitational Eleven. Um, it's one of those where they kind of uh, England played their six a few years ago in a similar sort of thing to just sort of get themselves ready for. Uh, a big series, and um, they were batting, and Sibley, Denley, and Joe Root all got decent 50s before retiring, so the signs are good, and I think, um, you know, as we saw with, uh, you know, <coughs> Alistair Cook would tell anyone, the pressures of being an England captain, uh, yeah, particularly if, you're a, if you've got responsibility on the, uh, on the batting order, mm. uh, I and mean, we saw with Cookie that, you know, I don't think I've ever seen an England captain in 
the last 25 years under so much pressure as Cookie was in the last three or four years of his time there. Yeah. Um, but then you look at him and you know the guy and the way he handled it. And I think, you know, with Joe Root, we'll see the same sort of thing. I mean, he's, he's not under the same kind of intensity. That no, I think the pressure and what he's been through just of late, for what I see and what I know about the game, you know, with his type of character, he is, I don't know Joe all that well. I've met him a few times, naturally, but... Um, it sounds a crazy thing to say, but maybe what he's been through is going to be good for him for long term. Mm. Because when you go through a bit of a patch, when things aren't going all that well, you know, like anything, whether it's business or whether it's sport, you do learn from, you know, when things are down, when you make mistakes, when things aren't going right. That's when you learn and you correct yourself, you correct your position. Like I said, whether you're involved in, in business or whether you're involved in, in sport, you make that correction for the better. You don't want to ever make a correction. You want everything to be right and, and happy for the rest of your days. But that's not life. That's not, you know, competition. You know, when you're competing in all walks of life, you have to have the downsides because that's what makes you successful to gain the upside. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? As long as Joe's got the right people around him, he can achieve that. Um, just going back to more domestic news here, there's an interesting story from um, Sam Billings this week who's announced his withdrawal from all franchise cricket to focus on getting his domestic and international career back on track. He's been overlooked by England for the South African tour. Interesting in an environment where we see players increasingly saying, I want to do more franchise cricket, I want to play white ball only. Uh, for Billings to give this up, um, just for the record, he's formally taken part in the IPL the PSL and the Big Bash, but will now focus on Kent in the hope of returning to England's white ball squads. Um, it's a tough ask, but... It's, I mean, it's all about all overseas franchise. He's I think so, yeah. He's going to play the 100. Yeah, the 100. Yeah. I think the 100 is going to be quite exciting. Yeah. Once Joking about earlier, I know when it comes to the Essex players and where they're going, who you're going to follow... Um, it's on the BBC as well. Yeah, that's really, really... a move from the ECP. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I know Sky have done an amazing job and a lot of money's gone into the game and, you know, just, you know, keeping it, I guess, um, keeping the cricket and certain matches to Sky only is, yeah, it's a tough decision and sometimes, um, you know, the biggest bidders get their way. But I'm really excited for um, the English game, for the 100 ball and certainly... When it comes to um, it being on the BBC, Darren, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and and it'll get the kids and it'll get oh, people brilliant. back involved with it, and that, that's that's where we go. Wonderful move. Right, let's have the rock set. Yeah, sad news about. Uh, How did you know about this? One of my favourite band. I never told you that, did I? No. Nope. I've seen her in concert. Demi concert. I hit the road out of nowhere. Had to jump in my car. Be a rider in a love game Following the stars Don't need a book of wisdom I get no money talk at all She has a train going downtown She's got a club on the moon I'm just telling all the secrets In a wonderful balloon 
28 not out. Sponsored by Shepherd Neem. Proud supporters of cricket in Essex. So you were saying you saw them live, Roxette? Yeah, I did. Um, I was one of my early uh, dates with my now current wife. Hopefully not future ex-Mrs. Irani. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. You're rock solid. Uh, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, we went out to uh, watch Roxette and NEC in Birmingham and uh, absolutely phenomenal. That's probably the one of the best concerts I've ever been to. They to were massive back in the day. Yeah, they were. They? they were huge. I used to get a lot of stick from uh, for, for sort of admiring them. And um, I think John Crawley actually introduced me to him when we were like car sharing, hmm. um, going to cricket matches when we were That's like... That's Zach Crawley's dad for the you youngsters out no, there. No, it's not Zach Crawley's oh, dad. Oh, is it? No, no, no. Oh, oh God. I don't know. No, not at There's all. me told. No relation. <laughs> I don't think it is anyway. You know, I'm like, okay, no, well, we'll no, check it's that. It's not Zach Crawley. <laughs> no, John Crawley, former uh, Lancashire, Hampshire and England cricketer. I grew up with him from uh, 10, 12 years. I don't think it's I hope it's not lad. I don't, it's not his lad. We'll find uh, out. Anyway, listen, talking not. about... But that he introduced me to Roxette and yeah. I took my wife. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Loved them. Had all the albums and uh, yeah, very sad news. I mean, poor girl, she struggled, didn't she? For she was fighting years. cancer, was it 17 years? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, very so, sad. Uh, but there we go, same. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah. Now, right, so you mentioned there about the young Ronnie Arani. So let's go right back. Let, tell us about um, your early days in cricket, how you got involved and where you were involved as well. Yeah, so I'm, I grew up in, um, I was born in Lee in Lancashire um, and I moved to Bolton at a certain early age and my dad was a butcher, um, a butcher's son. So uh, I used to do my bit with Fit him. Fit as a butcher's yeah, son. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a dog as well. We had more, more than one dog, and um, we, yeah. So he loved cricket. He bought a house overlooking a, a cricket field, which he still lives there now, up in Lancashire. Literally, is the boundary line is our wall oh, really? to, to the garage, yeah. And we have a net overlooking the balcony, so then the balls don't smash the windows. We had our slates, tiles, and windows smashed all the time, <laughs> and. Um, that was a big part of my life growing up being a, a, a you know young cricketer, aspiring cricketer. My dad, he used to have all local um, you know professionals staying at our house. Javed Mead, I'd put my first school uniform on when I was four years old. Oh really, yeah. Mr. Aluminium Bat? Yeah, well Dennis Lilly had the aluminium bat. I was Dennis he? Lilly, yeah. yeah. You do get a bit mixed up. I know, God, I'm do my homework properly. Oh, just age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about uh, it. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, and, and yeah. Javid was, um, he was a young kid, he was 16, he was uh, somebody who wanted to obviously become a, a world-class cricketer and he ended up being one of the greatest of all time. And he was, yeah. He was a phenomenal, a real inspiration to me as a young man growing up and um, yeah, so I played club cricket, turned professional at 16. Was that league 17. cricket club, was it? Yeah, no, no, it was Heaton Cricket Club in the Bolton League and then Eagley. And then I played a little bit to Scalmonthorpe in the Huddersfield League. But I turned professional at 16, so I didn't really play much club cricket, league cricket after 16, 17. I played a bit, but not a lot. My mainly club cricket against men was from the age of 12. I used Ooh. to play. And up there, if you're good enough, you're old enough, you get opportunities. So I'm 12 years old. You know, I was playing against a guy called Rod Eswick, who was a West Indian fastball. It was Sylvester Clark's, um, you know, I think it was cousin or or uh, something like that. But he was rapping. And people like that, Franklin Stevenson at 14 played against, and uh, got 50 against him quick. when I was 14 years old. And Franklin still remembers it now. We had a laugh. I saw him in Barbados. He's got his cricket year. academy down there, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, wonderful. So, um, yeah, I grew up with cricket from my dad. Mum used to do the tees and X, Y, Z. Loved it. Um, Actually, right, I'll stop you there. Yeah. Tees, you mentioned. So, you're on 98 Not Out, we have a feature 
uh, tea of the week, and we asked people. I've heard of that tea of the week. Oh, is yeah. That, is that on this station? I thought it was. Is that on another station? That, Other stations are available. <laughs> Other stations are available. <laughs> so tell me, I'm going to put you on the spot. When you're having your tea, when you, you, tea you know, week. Here we go. right, you tea, you're I'm coming sure I've in. I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming in, and there's the no, big long table fun. full of goodies. What, where, what do you go for? What's your first? What's your thing? Right, that's what I'm having. I'm on, on my check my... out the sandwiches first. I didn't say diving. Right, check out <laughs> the sandwiches because I don't like any of this sort of. Like pickle, I'm plain. I'm a plain man. So Mike Gatting loves a bit of pickle, he yeah, told well, us. I know, he likes any food, Mike. <laughs> um, that is for sure. So I like anything that's plain, so plain ham, plain beef, plain cheese. I'm a plain, plain man. Right. So I look at that um, and, then, and then go for it. So if I was picking out, you, you check the sausage rolls out, you dive and then you hold back because of the pastry, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You, you, Soggy. And, 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 well, not just that, but it's, it's so tempting, but so filling. And oh, then, I see, right. And then, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the pork pies, you go for it and you think, no, just hold back a bit. And then what do you do just to get the old juices flowing? You dive into the crisps, first, <laughs> don't you? You go for the what's-its, and you're just diving for the crisps. Other crisps are available, obviously. Um, but you're diving for the crisps, have a nibble, and then like, maybe you grab one of the sausage rolls. And you start with that, and then you build up your plate from that side of it. So that's what I would say on the on the tea front. Yeah. So there you are. Starting off. A young man. Yes. And you're at Lancashire. You're turned pro. 16-17. I signed the same day as Philip Defreitas. Press conference with Philip Defreitas. Phenomenal. Couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, spent five years, seasons there, six seasons. Um, all my apprenticeship, all my learning, and um, got me to a position where I was ready and, and performing a little bit in first-class cricket for the first team. But back then, the England players would come back and take your place. Right. So when I was in the team, the likes of Mike Atherton, Neil Fairbrother, Philip Defreitas, Wazim Akram would go off oh, and to play for Pakistan. So there was five or six Very places strong available. Squad, Ian yeah. Austin my, um, was there, Mike Watkinson, there's fabulous squad of players. Um, but me and myself, John Crawley, Jason Gallion were just breaking through at the time. And um, I played a handful of games, not as many as I'd liked. And I felt, listen, I was 23, 22, 23 years old. The time was come to move on. And... Um, I had an approach from quite a few counties um, and I got offered a two-year deal at Lancashire and I just felt the time was right for me to move on. Um, and I spoke with Essex and they were great, fantastic. Um, like that was great. another hell of a team in those days as well, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but they were just coming to the end of it. Neil Foster and Derek Pringle were retiring and um, the, the sort of cricket chairman at the time, Graham Savile, approached us and said about, you know, joining Essex and then, you know, there was no guarantee Graham Group spoke to me at the beginning of the season when I arrived and I'd already signed and said, look, there's, there's no guarantee of a place um, but if you perform, opportunities may arise. So, that was enough for me. Yeah. That was enough for me. I, I moved down to Essex actually for less money than I was on at Old Trafford, weirdly enough and I got offered a really nice um, contract at Durham but I just wanted to come down to Essex. It felt right. Sometimes, you know, your gut feeling... It's the is California the, of England. Well, it is, but sometimes your gut feeling is the only compass 
that we can naturally go by. And that's what I did. I got the train down. And even my mum cringes at that still now, saying, oh, no, no. Oh, I feel so embarrassed that you you got the train that day because I had like seven bags, you know, <laughs> seven or eight bags, four in each arm. It was like, and I get in the train and got we got derailed. And, oh. and it took about five, six, seven, eight hours. It was mad. It was mad. And I arrived at Chelmsford and um, the um, dressing room attendant steward, George Clark, greeted me. It was an amazing guy, and 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 I sort of come down, and he was only walking out of the pavilion. It was, you know, he was walking and walking towards on, and he and he greeted me. This was in March, beginning of April, I think. Just come back from New Zealand on a full winter out there, and he said, "Oh, Ronnie," he said, "You know, you've joined Essex," and I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, I can't believe it. I really can't believe you joined Essex. It's one of the best things that's ever happened." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'd not even bowled a ball then, and the welcome and the feeling." And the love was there, right? Yeah, the yeah, it was. I remember. I was a, you know, I was a, a young man in those days, and uh, I remember the the the, the, <laughs> the shiver of excitement because we signed well, Ronnie and Ronnie. Not many. Yeah, one or two have heard of us because I'd had a really good England under 19 series a few years before. I got man of the series. I got some runs at Chelmsford. Um, I might even got 100 at Chelmsford. Or was that at Old Trafford? I can't remember. I got 80 and a couple of 80s or 60 maybe. And um, against a really top Australian side, Adam Gilchrist, Damian Martin, Michael Kaspervich, Greg Blewett, they had a top, top team. Mm. And I sort of just I, I connected with the Essex members and supporters. Um, I really did and never looked back since. Lived no, here since and to then. this day. 1993, 94, I think I joined. And um, it's been phenomenal. I love the area, love the people. Um, great part of the world and... Yeah, it really is one of the best kept secrets in the country. Essex sort of Essex Suffolk border all around here. It's wonderful. And then going into London, you get the train into town. Like, yeah, you know, town. When I said to people in you up go, north, do you go up I, to London just, or down to London? I'm, go, I'm going to town. I just got oh, to town. Okay, yeah. You know, when they say, well, "What do you mean going to town?" Well, what's town? What Bolton town? Says, no, no, town town. What's that? London. And you I got you it. got your really? Albert you got your Albert Hall in in Bolton, haven't you? There is an Albert Hall. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you remember the wrestling, don't you? Big Daddy and Giant Airstacks being there. Kent Walton, it's grapple time. <laughs> <laughs> it was as well. While you wait for the results to come on, yeah. Good memory. Now so, you no, I love it. Love Essex. Wonderful, fantastic part of the world. You've mentioned a few. Bit expensive, especially property. But other than that, it's well, great. Oh yeah, but. Well, I mean, well, who cares? It is. Who cares? Bill Ricky Dicky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've mentioned a couple of big names. Um, but I know for a fact that you've played with the biggest in the game at that time, King Viv. Yes, Vivian Richards. But you, I played against him. Not yeah, him. exactly. Uh, I was very fortunate. Made my debut against Vivian Richards. Uh, one day debut against him when he was at Glamorgan. He was 41 years old, coming towards the end of his career. And um, he was amazing. He wasn't just a great player. Viv is, and he was then, a great man in a sense of when I was a young guy looking up to him. He went out of his way to sort of wish me all the best and pat me on my back and all sort of. He's got stuff. a real presence. I mean, to this Massive day, presence. isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it, it was finishing. It was the end of his career, and uh, you know, it's, he used to. He never used to walk, Viv. He used to mince, didn't he? <laughs> he used to mince, and it was like you know that old-fashioned strut of of confidence and yeah. belief rather than arrogance. You know, you see people these days who walk and strut with arrogance. He walks and strut with just belief and. And, you know, it was just awesome. And I played against him and uh, I took him on a bit, to be honest, because that was my character, my nature. I wanted to prove myself and I had an opportunity to prove myself against one of the greatest players of all time. And I bowled against him and I, and I got into a few words with him as well. Oh, yeah, did he? Yeah, I did, I did. And he kind of like, 
you know, I won't sort of tell you the great detail of the story because I own a, you know, I own a few quid in afternoon <laughs> speaking of these. I dine out on these. Um, and I Salmonella. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Was it. So, I, so, so I came in and I said, uh, I said, right, I'll just give him a bit of stick. And he, at the end of the over, Dickie Bird called over and he sort of, they've not having this, he's like, not letting this go. He's saying, hold on a minute. He shouts out, you're like, young man, young <laughs> man. And while he said, he went, young man. <laughs> Is like, just give me the mat. And I thought, oh, I just carried on walking. Like, ignore him, he'll go away. And he didn't go away, and he just come after me. I thought, oh, no. I thought, I'll turn around, take the rollicking on the chin, yeah. and move on. And as I turned around, he goes, yes, Vivi, went, young man. He went, you'll go far in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, even the great Vivian Richards can get it wrong sometimes, <laughs> can't he? But it was, he was amazing. And then afterwards, the next... Two overs, I bowled at him. He blocked every ball to Did say, he? "You ain't getting me out, son." <laughs> it was one day game, but they, they were they were cruising to a victory, and he just blocked them out. And, the, and then Lancashire fans were cheering. They thought, "Oh God, this is good." You know, this around he can ball a bit. Could be Richards blocking him, and yeah. they didn't realise we'd had a bit of a you know a bit of a not a set to, but they you know, we, we, we challenged one another. I challenged him, and I realised I was always coming second. <laughs> but it was it was it was brilliant, and even to now, if I see him, you know, I consider him as just a great, great guy. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah. And as you say, he was much more than a cricketer. As a man, oh, he was. A, I mean, he was an a, an inspiration. He for was, and the way he imposed himself, I don't really know. Even the great cricketers of the last, you know, twenty five years, twenty years, you know, I don't really know many of them who had that awe about them mm. compared to Vivian Richards. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, Shane Warne, amazing. Uh, Glenn McGrath, Ricky Ponting, Mark War, Steve War. You know, you go through them. You Jack Callis, Sanger, Sangakara, um, Tendulkar. Yeah, look at Sachin Tendulkar. You cross well, swords with him as well, didn't you? Player. Huh? Did he cross swords with Sachin? A little bit, but in a nice way. In go a nice on. Way. I got him out in the end. But, uh, <laughs> but the but but Brian Lara even play against them all. Played against them all, but do you know what? None of them had the aura and swagger and and that sort of that real energy of like just worshipped just the look of the guy before he even struck a cricket ball. None of them had that. I don't think maybe Sachin will do in India because the Indians obviously love him as mm. much as we do. Yeah. Um, but Viv Richards, that's why he was the king, and that's why Lara was the prince. Yeah. Because Viv Richards was. You know, he was just amazing. He was phenomenal. I mean, what an era he played in. And, and um, yeah, was he the greatest? Stats-wise and figures-wise, the builders, you know, mentioned A.B. de Villiers earlier. Wow, what a yeah, player that guy is. Absolutely. Um, or was and, and still is. But, but Viv, I think Viv was probably the greatest of all time for me. Just all round. Ian Botham tells a really good story about um, when he was playing against that great West Indies side of the late 70s and the 80s. And he said about, um, you know, being at wherever, Lords, you name it, <clears throat> and Windies are batting, Gordon Greenwich at one end, Desmond Haynes at the other. And you're steaming in from one end and there's Willis or Dilly or whatever from the other end and nothing's happening. These boys are just flicking it off the pads and the famous cover drives and the pool shots and all the rest of it and the crowd are going mad. And you're bowling hard, and both of them saying, you know, you're sweating up, you're going, you're running in harder, you're hitting the ground, you're digging the ball in, and eventually, eventually, one gets nicked, first slip takes it, Gucci, up in the air, jumps, high fives, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, yes, lads, yes, lads, ah, 
as everyone turns around to look at the pavilion steps and they see that swagger coming down right, the man. steps and his vibrations. Phenomenal. It was amazing. It was, oh, as a player, I say a wonderful guy, still is. But, um, yeah, for me growing up as a child, I think Vivian Richards was the uh, the ultimate. I mean, Ian Botham was sensational because obviously I'd be biased towards Beefy when I've been a, a big England fan growing up as a kid. Botham was sensational, but I think... Um, there isn't nowhere you would travel if you could get to it or afford to get to it anywhere in the world to go and see Viv Richards back Absolutely. again. It was the best. Jarvin Maydad wasn't far. I mentioned Maydad earlier, but yeah. I'm totally biased towards him. Maydad was one of those players, too, you'd want to travel to and watch him play because it was just so different. You know, his eye and his technique and his footwork. and you know, It was rapid um, between the wickets, even. But... You know, Maydad was a little bit special along that. Just different, just different. It's a really good era of world cricket yeah, that time, Just someone it? who's a little bit of flair about them. I mean, you know, England had some phenomenal players in, obviously, Gooch and and, uh, and Tim Robinson had a good... Chris Broad had a little bit of a flair that, that sort of era, wasn't it? And Alan Lamb. Yeah, Lammy was awesome as well. I mean, oh, what players they were. But someone who's a little bit different, and you know, Gucci was a little bit different. That I expect a guy who worked on his game extremely hard, dedicated, but amazing talent, other than his dedication. I don't think I know anyone in the game with the, the work ethic that Gucci has yeah, got. Yeah, work ethic. But people say, oh, well, you know, it was all about his work ethic. Come on, let me tell you, he had just a little bit of talent. Oh well. yeah, um, that is for sure. And Graham was um, his attitude was phenomenal. But you always looked out for someone who had a little bit something different about them with both and Richards and yeah. that sort of maybe that you know naughtiness about them that little <laughs> bit of flair that wasn't accepted so, uh, so you're Dennis Lilly as well obviously <laughs> yeah great. god all those uh, Australian characters so you know you're you're now at the peak of it all your Essex your England all those what for you was your high point your best moment on the pitch whether it was for Essex or England or whatever as a professional cricketer what was your good one um, many I mean without sort of trying to be um, sort of bit, I guess, fluffy on it all. I, my aspects of my career, every moment I ever played, I can relate to and think back. And I loved every single moment. I really did. I played every ball and fielded every ball and batted every ball and, and, and bowled every ball as if it was my last. I really did. I loved playing the game. I loved doing well. I loved sort of being cheered on by fans and supporters wherever they were, especially the Essex fans and supporters, but wherever they, wherever they were in the world. And um, I guess uh, highlights for me, winning trophies with Essex, scoring runs with Essex, doing well against Lancashire, which I did quite often. It was one of those things that uh, I enjoyed. Whenever I performed and, and did well, I always used to think about mum and dad um, on teletext mm. uh, in Bolton, Lancashire, looking at my scores. Uh, because that's what people used to do. That's used right. To go on the TV and, and they would flick over a page yeah, and, <laughs> and look at the scores. And I knew the teletext would be on in the Langshire dressing room. <laughs> and uh, thinking like, oh, the lads will be watching. I've, I've sort of done well for Essex again today. <laughs> um, so all those moments were, were massively for me. I loved every minute of it. I was very, very fortunate. I guess, um, yeah, with Essex many, many times. Like, I can't really say one particular moment. I mean, my last ever first class innings at Chelmsford, I got a double hundred. Uh, against Simon Jones and a, and a, and a good um, Morgan attack. Um, so, you know, I, I was so, I was fortunate. 
Darren. I was I was I was a good cricket and I enjoyed the success. And you were an entertainer as well. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. it. And it I, came I, through. It was infectious. But, you know, the fans could pick up on I it when we be, watched you play. Yeah, I tried to be a fan who who, who was good at cricket. Mm. You know, I, I was I'm a fan of the game. If I'd not been playing, I'd have been there in the stands cheering whatever individual on. So from an England perspective, I think at the Oval, getting the five wickets against India. Um, as a sort of record figure at the time and 50 with the bat yeah. the match my dad was in the crowd he had heart surgery that winter and he'd come up to us and uh, he <laughs> said listen I feel like a, a 15, 16 year old kid again ch- <laughs> chanting your name and I said dad that was awesome a great moment for me I guess on a personal level that was fantastic and, and it's great to see some of the stuff you still do with your dad as well yeah no it's fabulous. now I can't let you go without um, 2019 Essex double winners yeah um, we won the title in 2017, you know, undefeated, and uh, went close in 2018. Um, you followed it closely. Well, for yeah. A while. Exactly. Four years. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's pretty interesting, that, but yeah, You've been there. <laughs> I have. Um, at Fenners and everywhere. Um, this year, tell me about this year from the Ronnie Ronnie perspective. So, well, actually, when I got back involved with Essex on a voluntary basis. Trust me, I'm, you know, I'm not um, I'm not on a professional level. Yeah. But maybe 40 hours a week might be benefit to the, to the professional side of it. Um, but we did a lot of changes initially. Chris Silverwood come and got involved as head coach. Which uh, raised eyebrows at the time, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Got a bit of stick for that. Um, but I don't mind. You do things what you believe is for the right of the members and supporters of the club. And, um, and and that's what happened. You know, some people you know, still got the pin regarding, obviously, that side of it. Well, that's that's their choice, not mine. I've no interest in that side of it. You just do what's best for others. Um, and then from Chris Silverwood, obviously, you know, you want to try and train and, and get players to be England level. And also you have a duty to make sure your coaches step up as well. And Chris Silverwood's certainly done that and gone on to be England head coach, which is a phenomenal effort. Oh, that's so really good to chuffed. see. That's an Essex sort of... You know, mark of respect as well, not just for Chris, but the club and the members and supporters of the club. And then Anthony McGrath was his assistant. Um, Anthony got involved straight away when Chris was head coach. And um, I've known Anthony for many years. My, one of my first ever tours, 1995, he was on that. And um, I identified him as a character personality. And I knew as soon as he stepped in, that success would be on its way because Anthony McGrath is a fantastic cricket man and an amazing leader and um, you know for me as long as he's involved with Essex for a few more years there's going to be a lot more success to come as replicated hopefully we'll continue and, and maybe uh, get some more success like we've had this year with the double in the county championship and the T20 for me Anson McGrath has been pivotal to that top players top performances all round from the team and squad everyone's contributed Simon Harmer Jamie Porter have been outstanding as you know but for me the head coach Anson McGrath he leads the way Roddy, absolutely fantastic. Many, many thanks for joining us. Um, we could Good sit luck. here and talk, talk all night. Uh-huh. So we could go on and on and on. But uh, thanks for coming in. And it just remains for me to wish all of our listeners that have enjoyed the show this year a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And let's look forward to 2020. 98 Not Out, sponsored by Shepherd Neen, proud supporters of cricket in Essex.